Today is the ninth day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian, and it is uh, it's joy, a joy to be here with you today and uh, taking the next step forward. And uh, I think we're far enough into our new year to kind of begin to understand that there's a rhythm and to begin to understand that the Bible isn't this static, old-fashioned book that is irrelevant, that uh, there's a bunch a bunch of things that it is willing to speak directly and truthfully into our lives. And if we will listen and heed it, uh, then it will change the way that we live our lives. And so uh, welcome back for for the next day forward. And that uh, will lead us back into the New International Version, which is what we're reading from this week. And uh, back into the book of Genesis, chapter 20, uh, 21 and 22 today. Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar, and there Abraham said of his wife Sarah, She is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say, he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all his officials, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, What have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should never be done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, What was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, There is surely no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, This is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, He is my brother. Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham, and he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, My land is before you. Live wherever you like. To Sarah he said, I am giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. 
you are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female slaves, so they could have children again. For the Lord had kept all the women in Abimelech's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The child grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son, Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly, because it concerned his son. But God said to him, Do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation also, because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Now swear to me here before God that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants 
show to me and the country where you now reside as a foreigner the same kindness I have shown to you. Abraham said, I swear it. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized. But Abimelech said, I don't know who has done this. You did not tell me, and I heard about it only today. So Abraham brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a treaty. Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs from the flock, and Abimelech asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs you have set apart by themselves? He replied, Accept these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug this well. So that place was called Beersheba, because the two men swore an oath there. After the treaty had been made at Beersheba, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the Eternal God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for a long time. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb? For the burnt offering. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. 
He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord Will Provide. And to this day it is said, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Sometime later, Abraham was told, Milcah is also a mother. She has borne sons to your brother Naor. Uz, the firstborn, Buzz, his brother, Kemuel, the father of Aram, Kised, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. Milcah bore these eight sons to Abraham's brother, Naor. His concubine, whose name was Rumah, also had sons, Teba, Geam, Teash, and Meaka. Matthew 7, 15-29 Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruits, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruits. Every tree that does not bear good fruits is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruits you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, 
The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Psalm 9, 1-12 For the director of music to the tune of The Death of a Son A Psalm of David I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back. They stumble and perish before you, for you have upheld my right and my cause, sitting enthroned as the righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken my enemies. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the peoples with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing the praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done, for he who avenges blood remembers. He does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. Proverbs 2, 16-22 Wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads down to death, and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus, you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Okay, so we, uh, you know, we encountered a, a pretty uh, harrowing story yesterday with this, uh, uh, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we talked about that uh, and the way that we subtly uh, move toward judgment, uh, even judgment of God, and how that that can estrange us in our journey that we're taking through the scriptures uh, yesterday. And so today we kind of encounter another one of those type of stories where God tells Abraham to take his uh, promised son Isaac to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him. And we're not going to get into all of that because that story will un unfold 
very, very clearly over some time, other than to just point out God and Abraham had entered into a covenant with each other. And covenantal language is something that we will, you know, we we will encounter quite a bit. So we understand that the two of them joined together in covenant, which meant that nothing was off limits from the other. So when God tells Abraham to go and take his only son, and he's very specific about this with Isaac, um, Abraham is in covenant. He cannot withhold anything, and so he does. Of course, his trust and faith is in God, and and Isaac is the son of promise. So Abraham can simply say, I must follow God, even though I don't know how this is going to work out. But I do know that my son is a son of promise, and through my son, many generations will come. This is what God told me. In fact, he marched me outside and had me look up at the night sky and try to count the stars. So there's this promise, and I may not understand what's going on, but I do trust the one I'm in covenant with. We know how that story worked out, but what we may not have paid attention to is the thread of redemption that begins to show itself at all kinds of points in the Bible, and this is one of them, because Abraham did not withhold his son from God. And God didn't take a sacrifice of a human being. Instead, he sent his own son, his own only son. Now, if you've been a believer for a long time, then you know you can connect those dots pretty easy. If this is your first trip to the Bible and encountering the stories of the Bible, this one is one that kind of touches a lot of things. And, uh, and will become more and more apparent as we move forward. Because Isaac is going to have a son of his own, a couple of sons of his own, and uh, they're going to change the whole story. But let's, uh, let's go back into the book of Matthew. Jesus is saying some very important and very forthright, like non-ambiguous things that we should pay attention to and like judge not lest you be judged <laughs> like that was yesterday and again like if you've been a believer for a long time you've probably encountered the stories of Jesus before and so it's really easy to just encapsulate them into their story form and not really listen to the words Jesus is teaching what Jesus is saying is revolutionary and when he said it in the first century it was fundamentally revolutionary. We're used to hearing the words of Jesus now, so it's not quite like how it has that kind of impact unless we slow down and listen to what he's saying. So let's just examine what he said today. Many will say to me on that day, Jesus says, and he's talking about judgment day. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Okay, so this is another big deal on our faith journey because uh, we, we can spend our whole lives trying to get our beliefs correct and our theology uh, airtight and waterproof we can think that every day that we learn more about God or learn something else about Jesus 
then we are drawing closer and closer to him. When Jesus is saying there's going to be people who call him Lord and have prophesied in his name and have even cast out demons in his name and have even performed miracles in his name and he will still say, I didn't know you. So what we have to realize is that all of our flurry of activity that keeps us busy, that keeps us thinking that we're drawing closer to God, all of the stuff that we might do around our faith, that's great. It's just not the point. What Jesus says he will say to those people is, I never knew you. Which must mean that the point is that we can know him and not only know about him. And that is a pretty big distinction. Uh, Because if you uh, zoom out and apply these principles to any relationship in your life, you would have to say that knowing about somebody is not the same as knowing them. And uh, that should prick us a little bit. Because when we think of our spirituality and our faith journey, you know, then it's centered around acquiring knowledge most of the time. Uh, Trying to dial it in. Know what to believe. Know the spells and incantations. Know the potions. Like, I know that's not literal. I'm just saying, like, that's what we boil it down to. If I can say the right mantras, if I can pray the right prayer in the right order, doing the right things with the right attitude, then God will do something for me. Like, just give me the recipe. Show me how the recipe works, what I can add and what I cannot add, and how to make this whole thing work. Just somebody tell me how to do this. Relationships do not work that way. You can read every marriage book that has ever been published. Well, you probably couldn't because there's too many that have been published to read in a lifetime. But you could read, I don't know, the 20 most popular books ever written on marriage and still not know how to be married. Because it is a relationship. And that happens in the spoken and in the unspoken. And that does not happen based on the rules. Like if you're living a rules-based marriage, uh, then you're probably not very happy in it. When you are in a life-giving relationship, the rules become apparent. And you obey them like, I'm not going to commit adultery because I will not break the heart of the one that I love. I'm I'm not going there because of of, of what it would do to the person that I have given my heart to. And you obey the rules because you are in love. Jesus, speaking in the first century, is speaking to a people that have taken the law, and I'm getting a little bit of ahead, of my, ahead of myself, ahead of ourselves, because we haven't gotten to the law yet. But these people had taken the law and made their relationship with God all about obeying the rules. Uh, which bypasses the idea of a relationship, right? Other than just a relationship by proxy because you are doing behaving a certain way. Jesus is saying uh, to, to that mindset, um, you can do all of the right things and, and still not know me. And so once again... <laughs> Uh, And I mean, we're not quite, you know, we're only just a little over a week into this journey. So you can still jump off this boat and swim back to shore probably. But it won't be long before we're so far in the deep that these things, they come along and you have to sit with them and really begin to examine your faith and understand what it's made of and where it's headed. Because my story and the story of thousands and thousands of people that I have spoken to over these last 13 years doing this, 
is one of confusion about faith. Like, how do I know when I'm doing, like, how do I know that I'm doing the right thing and believing the right thing? And, and so we'll redouble our efforts to kind of get the knowledge. And man, that's, that is my story. That is even how I'm wired to acquire knowledge to truly understand what it is that I'm talking about. But I have found that uh, even if we could know everything there is to know about God, that is still not the same thing as being in a relationship with God because I can know everything there is to know about my wife and not be in a relationship with her. And we human beings are wired to be relational people. So it's like already baked into our DNA. We know when we're in a relationship and we know when that relationship is life-giving. And we also are aware when we are in a bad relationship and it is life-taking. Uh, so we, we know this intuitively. We're made for relationship. It's just that the ways that we try to relate to God are by acquiring knowledge about Him. And that's, that's only part of the story. Actually being together in a relationship is what we're invited into. So there's some things to think about and examine, like what it, what is the status of your relationship? Um, because maybe the the state of your life uh, mimics the state of your relationship uh, with God. And so, Holy Spirit, come. We invite you into that question, and 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 we're again thankful. I mean, yes, yes. With your word, you are pressing into us. You are you are pushing us back. Like we came into this boldly, thinking we we may have had much more figured out than we do, and and you're using your word to kind of push us back and humble us and. And we're now beginning to feel the truth flow into us and ask the right questions of us and of our faith. And this is the beginning place. This is the place where wisdom begins to be planted and flourish and the fruit of the Spirit begins to be cultivated within. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to show us what's our relationship like? Are we unhealthy with you? What needs to change? What needs to go? What needs to stay? What needs to be moved around? You can answer these questions because you have promised to lead us into all truth. You have promised us that there is a narrow path that leads to life. And yes, few find it, but we want to be one of those people. So we're humbling ourselves before you and saying there is no question that is off limits. You can press in on us in any way that you want to. We are hungering and thirsting for your righteousness. We are hungering and thirsting to live in this world as we were intended. And we don't want this confusion and this stress and this anxiety that you are telling us that we don't have to have. You told us yesterday we don't have to worry about anything. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. It'll take care of itself. And so we want to live in that place. But we won't be able to live in that place with a bunch of knowledge. We'll only be able to live in that place walking with you in deep, intertwined relationship. So come, Holy Spirit, we pray into these questions. And may their answers be honest and may they be life-changing. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website's home base and of course it's where you find out what's going on around here uh, one thing that I'll mention today uh, that, that's been mentioned in the past is the Daily Audio Bible shop 
Uh, there are resources in the Daily Audio Bible Shop that we've assembled um, specifically for this journey, the journey uh, through the year uh, and through the Bible. And uh, so you can check those out. And there are also other resources, other writings and stuff. What we were just talking about in terms of a relationship with God, uh, there's a longer uh, conversation about that contained in, in a book that I've written called Reframe. And you can get that anywhere, uh, but you can also get it in the Daily Audio Bible Shop. And that really is an exploration of what we are talking about when we say we're in a relationship with God. What does that even mean? Well, one of the things any relationship means is that you know the other person, which is what Jesus is saying. I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Like you did all this stuff in my name, but I didn't know you. So relationships are are knowing and being known. And so we go into a, a conversation that's much more lengthy than, than we could do just in one sitting here. And you know, so if that piques your interest, then you can check out that resource. It's called Reframe, From the God We've Made to God with Us. And uh, that's in the Daily Audio Bible Shop, as well as a bunch of other resources. So check that out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There is a link on the homepage. And I thank you profoundly and uh, deeply, humbly for your partnership. Uh, what we've done, we've done together, as I've said so many times. And, and so as long as we do this together, uh, we'll continue marching forward. And so thank you for your partnership. There's a link on the homepage. If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or, if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is a number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Morning, beautiful family. This is Pastor Jenny from Brainsville, Florida. I love you guys very much. Uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful season of prayer and evangelism and reaching out to others uh, that culminated with our 20 years later wedding uh, celebration. Uh, the enemy opposed us every step of the way, but I can say firstly that the gospel went and that many people that do not know the Lord. So a full explanation of the gospel over and over and over again through our wedding, and, and that was my plan. But I'm really calling to say thank you one more time to Brian Hill and the whole Heidi family for their love and their efforts to shepherd us. Love you guys very much. I also want to say hi to those of us that are coming back to listen and particularly welcome those that are listening for the first time Guys, my name is Pastor Jenny. I'm Jenny McIntyre. I live in Bradenton, Florida. I started listening to the DAD uh, last November. It was five years when I was in a very dark place and had a lifelong struggle of anxiety and depression. And although I'm a woman of faith and I pray God has chosen not to heal me at this point, uh, but um, I was going through a very, very severe depression and I was in a very dark place and I looked 
for a Bible that I could listen to. Instead, the Lord gave me a Bible that I could listen to, a wonderful pastor in Brian Hardy, and a wonderful family of faith in the community of the DAB. So, I, like Brian has said over and over again, I'm not the same person that I was last year, and I'm definitely not the same person I was five years ago. So if you just started listening or if you came back, my encouragement for you is to stick to it. Stick to the Lord, stick to His Word, stick to His community. You will never be the same. I love your family. Have a great 2019. Pastor Jennifer Brinson, Florida. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Christy from Kentucky. I'm back. I want to thank each and every one of you who has prayed for me over these past several years. Um, those of you who, who have heard me before know that 17 was an extremely hard year. I lost both my mama and my daddy um, that year, my mom in May and my daddy in October. And it has just been extremely difficult uh, for me. Um, I had a brother and I loved him so very much and I lost him in 2005 and he was my only sibling. So, um, and I have no children. So this has been a very hard, hard uh, transition for me. I praise God to have an amazing husband who has stood by me and has loved me and been patient with me um, through these past couple of years. And um, I just want to thank each and every one of you for praying for me. You have lifted my heart and my hands in a time when I could barely walk. And so I praise God for carrying me through these years, and I praise Him for each of you who have meant so very much to me. And so anyway, I wanted to call and to tell you that I love each of you. Happy New Year. And uh, my prayer for 2019 is to be able to continue the ministry that my mom um, started and um, to find that sense of humor that my daddy uh, had and gave to me. And so I'm praying to come back strong in 2019. All right, everyone. I love each and every one of you, and I pray that each of you are having a most blessed and lovely day. Take care. Hi, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Will from beautiful Bozeman, Montana. Happy New Year. It is January the 3rd. And God is good. He is so good. Woo, I'll tell you what. I'm just excited to go through this journey with you. I ended 2018 pretty good. Pretty good. Just walking along with the DAB family. Know that each and every one of you are in my prayers. And I'm just looking forward to what God is going to do to each of us, especially is a challenge to maintain. Boy, it's been, it's been so good. I've been so talented, I promise you that, but I love the Lord so much, and I just thank the Lord for you all, DAB family. My prayers go out to you, and you all have a prosperous 2019. Brian and Jill, God bless you. Thank you again for this ministry. Love you, DAB family. Father, we love you, and we praise you, Jesus. Hello, family. This is Viola from Maryland. I hope you're all doing well. Friend and you, God bless you. I'm also excited. I'm looking forward to what God has in store for you guys after more. And Brian, well done on your project. Well done. Um, 
wrong term, my sister. I am so sorry to hear about the loss of your husband. I pray that God will wrap his arms around you all, that God will touch you, God will heal you. The word of God says that God is close to the brokenhearted. And so I pray that God will be close to you. He'll provide for you. He'll be the husband and the father in that family. In the name of Jesus, my sister, I'll be praying for you. God bless you. Uh, I'm also praying for all those who are struggling in their marriages. That just occurs to me. Ephesians 4.32 is what I have for you, brothers and sisters. I pray that God will help you even to be kind-hearted to one another, to be tender and loving to each other, that you will be quick to forgive one another in the name of Jesus, and that you will make allowance for each other's faults. You know, there is nothing that God cannot do. Even marriages that are flailing, that, that people are separated, the Lord can bring you together. And so my prayer for your marriage um, is that the, the um, Lord, um, the Son of Righteousness, who is Jesus, will arise with healing, healing in His wings over, over those marriages in the name of Jesus. So do not lose hope. It is not over till it's over. And even when it's over, God is still working. Uh, God bless you all. Um, I love to shout out to all my, um, my friends and the sisters that I've um, made in, in this ministry. And even all the brothers um, that ping me on um, Facebook, God bless you all. This is Viola.